0: Welcome to the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Join me for conversations about how to advocate for our kids in a one-size-fits-all world. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Hey, everybody. It feels so good to be back. For those of you that have been listening for a long time, it's great to have you again. I'm really excited to kick off season To For those of you that are just joining us, welcome. We're really glad to have you here. We have been on a little bit of a break between season one and season two of Mothers of Misfits, but my team and I have certainly not been resting in that time. We've been very, very busy. We have a brand new website. We have an awesome uh, bunch of new episodes coming your way and we have even more announcements, big stuff. So stay tuned to uh, hear what's coming. But today, I can't wait to introduce you to a longtime friend and colleague of mine. André Brisson is an entrepreneurial engineer who started a successful engineering firm. His late diagnosis of ADHD, Asperger's, and giftedness at 44 helped him clarify his past challenges and successes. He now helps other high-achieving ADHD entrepreneurs understand themselves and celebrate their true self. That's so awesome, Andre. Thank you so much for coming on today.
1: I appreciate the opportunity, Emily. It's always great to chat with you.
0: Agreed, yes. And we had quite a bit of a chat even before we hit the record button, which seems to be our our way of doing things.
1: Always intellectually stimulating.
0: Agreed. I just want to jump right in, Andre, and we're going to focus on ADHD today. And I want to ask you, what are the common misconceptions out there about ADHD?
1: That people are lazy, stupid, Mm -hmm. and don't want to try lack of effort, lack of motivation, and they have an attention deficit, which isn't true is we have an abundance of attention. It's just as hard to stay on one piece of attention to focus on one thing.
0: Wow, I've never heard it said like that before. And that makes so much sense. And is such a better way of describing what's actually Mm -hmm. happening. It takes it more into the strengths realm than the disorder negative deficit side
1: exactly like for me a managed strength is a weakness like i always said your strength can become a weakness so if you can manage the weakness then you can flip it into a strength which i also have uh explained quite a few times is all of our symptoms adhd symptoms if you manage them effectively they're your strengths for example the hyper focus the distractibility, is I can be very distracted and I can't focus on one thing. But if I can harness and control my environment, set up the place to work effectively, then I can get into my hyper-focus and get that one thing done. Mm -hmm. becomes my strength.
0: On that note, you said that your ADHD is your strength and your key to success. It's okay to be the way you are, the way you work, and that is not the social norm. You can succeed by identifying your ADHD strengths
1: correct because for 44 years i was playing a different character where i was masking mm. unknowingly masking my symptoms to fit in to social norms so a lot of the self-help books i tried to change my ways to fit mm. those books what the social norm is and the reality is my brain is just wired differently and functions differently and by understanding that i've always known the way i worked was best but i was told that it was not how it's done so i was trying to work on how it's done and ignore my strengths and my abilities. And then what I found out with my entrepreneurial journey was when I followed the rules, quote unquote, that's when I got into problems, loss of clients, having a hard time, not enjoying myself. And when I just said, forget the rules, this is how I'm going to do it, do it my way, that's where I had the most success. My brain never stops being an eight fact finder as per the Colby. And my top strength and strength finder is learner. I can process a lot of information quickly and then make a decision and go. And a lot of times you got a plan and I'm a resistant follow through. So I just go and try different things and change my paths. And when I do that and listen to my gut, that's when I succeeded more.
0: What tips and tricks have you found to be especially helpful in managing your mental energy?
1: So in the past, I didn't do anything like that. It was just mm. go, never stop. And then I just created a lot of physical fatigue, frustrations, and then my, this emotional dysregulation of the ADHD would ramp up. And then a lot of people mm. were affected around me. But with the diagnosis, understanding that my brain, I can't stop my brain. Mm. I've been searching for people telling me, relax, you got to learn to relax, got to learn to relax. But I think physically, I can't relax. My brain will never stop. So I've Start to look for calm. So, just to be able to do certain things to slow the brain down, the mind, and get it going. So, for one, so I can sleep, which I've started doing a lot of mindful meditation, which is a completely different concept for me because the old meditation is zero thought, but that's physically impossible. And mindful meditation allows you to have a thought, recognize it's a thought, push it away. So, you got permission to fail, and that's okay. And that really helped breathing techniques and to slow the brain down. But during the day, transitioning between tasks is tough for the ADHD brain because mm-hmm. it's all or nothing and it's now. There's no past or future, it's all about now. If I got to transition between one task to another, I need a certain amount of time in between and then, and I just discovered actually in the last few days is depending on how much work I was doing if it's it, A lot of thought-provoking. i got to give it more time to have the brain slow down so I can focus on the next one task. Because if I don't, then I don't have full attention to do a good job on that task.
0: How have you helped those around you to help you, particularly when they don't operate in the same way as you?
1: Oh, that's communication. I'm able to communicate properly now the differences of the brain. Before, I, just the way it is, or that's how I am, and I couldn't communicate it effectively. So once I learned how the ADHD brain worked, I'm able to, to explain it effectively. So like now, it's I gotta focus time. If you see my headset on, because I use a a, a a music app that's scientifically created music to just have my brain distracted enough so I can focus, that don't interrupt me. Because if you, you interrupt a, an ADHD brain in hyper-focus, we finally got into hyper focus. I took a lot of time to get into it. Now I'm being disrupted and, and it's and then we feel emotions intensely and very quickly. Then that usually gets a what the heck are mm-hmm. you doing? And there's the other thing. I was going one track, I got two other distractions in my brain. <laughs> What's the question again?
0: <laughs> no, you're doing great. Yeah. We're just, you know, talking about how others can oh, best the others, support you. Yeah.
1: So explaining that effectively and not use it as an excuse. To me, it's an explanation. And then how my desk is a certain way. I've got removed all distractions from it. I got certain areas where you're not to put stuff. That's my area so I can have my routines for like one thing. It's things to review, don't just throw it on my desk because now you've cluttered my workspace that I've worked hard to focus on one thing and you just disrupted my routine. So I got a space like an inbox area that you put it there and I know that I go there to see what needs to be done next. Mm-hmm. Simple like simple routines and structures work very well and if it gets disrupted it really throws the brain for a loop.
0: And I love that you said it a, a minute ago that it's not about making excuses. In my work with families and people of all ages and stages of of life in helping them to better understand how they operate, we never use it as an excuse to Mm -hmm. not get to a result, But it is a great way of communicating your needs and empowering yourself and others to have the freedom to reach those results in your own way. Mm -hmm. It's such a game changer. Once you have that language, as you just said, to be able to communicate why you're feeling a certain way or what your triggers are, or how someone can help you be most productive, changes everything.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then during my undiagnosed time building my engineering company, I was starting to get frustrated that I was getting too many surprises from my team, missed deadlines, not the right information being received. So I started structuring the company to be ADHD friendly, which improved efficiency. And it was easier on the staff because then I wasn't getting frustrated with them or disappointed with them. Looking back, I kept changing the plan was one that would affect it. But I started having it where I started receiving the information, I want things in a certain way. I like receiving information in a certain way. And I started structuring that, creating uh, standard operating procedures, which help the follow through engineers have a system. But I always just started receiving things in the same way every time to reduce my surprises and then having regular chats with people. So like my psychiatrist told me, I was diagnosed with severe ADHD. He was surprised I graduated university or college for engineering and started a successful company, but ever since I was a kid, I created my own mechanisms, routines, and structures to overcome my unknown symptoms. And once I made the company ADHD friendly, unknowingly things were running smoother and effectively. And then there was less mental energy required for me to stay on top of everyone else's stuff.
0: That makes sense. Let's talk now directly to the parents who are listening, whose kids have ADHD, maybe they just received a diagnosis. What should those parents be doing, looking out for? We'll get to school in a moment. But in general, what advice do you have for those parents?
1: Educate yourself about ADHD. That's the first thing you have to do to understand how that brain works. It works differently. They live in the now. Mm -hmm. It's now. It's very hard to plan for the future because it's all about now. And that they have an abundance of attention. It's just, it's hard to stay focused on one thing and it's going to take patience. And especially if you're an ADHD parent, there's a lot of complications in that and extra challenges because the one thing kids do is disrupt routines, routines Mm -hmm. systems, but that's just what a, a kid is. Once you understand how the brain works, next is understand how your child works outside of the ADHD. I say ADHD is a part of you. It's not all of you. We all have strengths that are non-ADHD related and understand how your kid works and how they learn and how they like to do things is very important rather than trying to force your way of how to do things the way you've learned it and how you want it.
0: Absolutely. And you've referenced the Colby assessment multiple times throughout this conversation. That is the best tool mm-hmm. to help. You and your child understand how they perfectly, wonderfully, naturally operate. And there are assessments for kids as young as three. If you're interested in learning more about that, you can go to MothersOfMisfits.com. Just click on the Work With Emily tab and learn more. I took that assessment when I was in sixth grade. Andre, when did you first take a Colby assessment?
1: 2011, when I joined Strategic Coach, a business coaching program.
0: Yeah. Um, so I didn't get a lot of respect
1: ago. for it until 2012 when I started using it with my team. Then yeah. I understood how people received information. So I was like, it. it's a great communication tool mm-hmm. and then understanding how they solve problems as per their Colby and how they do things really improved my relationship with my staff and then got more out of them because they're actually working. I let them work the way they work best.
0: And to take that into the household scenario, oh, Oh, wow. As a parent, oh man, I have these conversations and I always feel convicted by them and thinking, am I impressing my way of doing things onto my kids? You know, as parents, we want to teach our kids the best way of doing things and we want to save them from all the hard lessons that we learned and had to go through. But our best practices are not necessarily their best practices yeah and i absolutely love that you distinguish between adhd and the other aspects of our kids and their other strengths and that it doesn't define them in a singular sense it's not all of them it shouldn't be the only label it shouldn't be the only lens through which we see them and celebrating their strengths is a great place to start or after you've done that educational piece but really making sure that we're balancing out understanding some of their struggles with the things that are so wonderful about them
1: yeah and the other thing too with adhd and then the other thing besides is trying to force your ways how let them work the way they do is also mm-hmm. interest what interests them i found with my kids they they learn a lot more things quicker if they're into something that's interesting and I think with the ADHD brain, it has mm-hmm. to be interesting for us to get engaged. It's got to be novel. It's got to be interesting. It's almost got to be new almost every time. But interest takes it. And if you want to f- help focus on their interest, they'll shine. And then for us, we got our kids, they're, they're Colby MOs. And that was a night and day. Like for my wife and my oldest daughter, that was night and day. They are clashing in certain modes. And now that you understand how... My oldest receives information. She's a seven follow through. So she's very systematic. And then when we got her kind of undiagnosed ADHD with her, we created more systems for her and it's working well. And then our, my youngest is a resistant follow through. It definitely helped us communicate and to ask questions. My youngest is a mediator, uh, a facilitator. So she doesn't initiate anything, but she's great at helping. So just changing our terminology. So for my youngest, we ask, can you please help us? If we say, do this, do that, she fights it. But if we say, can you help me? Not a problem.
0: It's amazing how much that insight helps you to reduce the friction in your path in your family in your kids journey. It's such an easy thing to do that will pay dividends throughout a lifetime.
1: And then the other thing I discovered too, with the Colby is I think the Colby is a very handy tool. For you to create systems and routines for the adhd child or adult problems and how they want to receive information if you sell it to their mo they're easier to apply it
0: to exactly create. right yeah. if you make it work for them it's easier yeah. for it to work for them and not everyone handles information the same way not everybody handles structure and systems the same way and per the theme of mothers of misfits We're not a one-size-fits-all world. So there's no one-size-fits-all solution. And you can do the trial-and-error approach, but that can harm your relationships. We don't want our Mm -hmm. kids to be having to go through those experiences that are constantly going at something, having it not work. So if you have this quick, effective understanding of what does work, take advantage of that.
1: And for me, one thing with the parents, ADHD or not, is one thing I would really reach out to the parents to do is unique is awesome. Every Mm person is unique. Let the child be unique and try their own thing. And please don't try to quash that. Because Mm -hmm. I fought that through my whole childhood. I was raised to be a certain way and the way you are is embarrassing or that's not the way it's done. And then, and then we end up masking and creating a character to fit in. And like with my kids, I let them be unique, be themselves and let them like my oldest loves to be silly. I don't Mm -hmm. fight it. We don't fight it. Just be silly. That's fine. Make us laugh. And the youngest is very different, but she's got her own unique way of doing things and we let them just be unique and it's not embarrassing. It's just them. And then you can see that really radiant build their confidence that they're allowed to be themselves. And especially if they can apply their own strengths that they don't quite understand yet. But in I think intuitively everyone knows their strengths and they know how to apply it, even though they don't have a name to it. And if you let them learn and let them do what they intuitively know it works best for them, wow, it's amazing what, what the kids can do and impress you after that.
0: Let's talk about school then, because I think a lot of those pressures to fit in comes from the school system. Mm-hmm. In many ways, there's one right way of doing things when you're in school. And ADHD kids, I would think, don't fit that bold. How do parents help their kids thrive in school with an ADHD diagnosis?
1: You've got to come up with systems and routines to help them expedite the day. Because the one thing with ADHD brains is their working memory is very short. Working memory is how much information you keep in your mind without forgetting so like a neurotypical or, you know, someone who's not ADHD or Asperger's brain, they can hold seven to 10 things in their mind without an issue. That's why the phone numbers are 10 numbers, because it's easier to remember. So with an ADHD brain, it's actually three to five. Wow. So if I'm jumbling five things in my brain, in my memory, and then you add me another thing to do, well, that first thing was in my mind is gone. It just falls off the shelf. Because it's, it's being pushed off. So writing things down, have a journal or an agenda where the teacher can put in information for the next projects and, and stuff like that. And if it's boring, if it's not interesting, it's hard to stay engaged. And that's where the the deficit perception comes in, is that we forget. And if you're in hyper-focus mode, we don't hear or listen. If we don't hear anything, we're in hyper-focus mode. We're just in that moment. And forget to eat you can be days like I've had it where I've had a day is a hyper focus for days but it's understanding how the executive functioning deficits of an ADHD child is and identifying which deficits they do have for the executive function that's how you plan execute uh, tasks and tasks and projects and to help create those systems and routines
0: and it sounds like giving suggestions to teachers or aides folks in your child's day little things like mm-hmm. he write it out in a journal so that it's not something that he or she forgets that helps as we said before helps them help your child and gives it to them in very practical easy simple ways small things because we also don't want to make it hard on the teachers or school staff mm-hmm. it, it's hard for them i appreciate they've got a whole classroom full of kids that have all different needs and so if we can pinpoint those few things that have really big impact, and we can be specific about what that looks like and what success looks like, mm-hmm. and then give our kids the freedom and empowerment to say when they need something. I talk yeah. to my kids all the time, if you're not feeling challenged, or if you're struggling, or if you have questions, talk to the teacher. They want to hear that. They. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. They, they want to know that from you. That's why they're there. And so I really encourage my kids to speak up for themselves in a respectful and kind way.
1: Exactly. But yep.
0: to say something if something's not working, that's a great thing for us to teach all of our kids, no, no matter what their opportunities or struggles are, because I, I know at least my knee jerk response is to step in as the mom. But over time, that's not going to serve them well. So I really want my boys to step up for themselves and and tell me and feel comfortable voicing their needs and voicing their struggles. Yeah, And and we can supplement with those specific strategies that we know work.
1: They have to advocate for themselves too. Mm -hmm. And that's what I teach my girls with their strengths and their abilities. And if you're a parent with ADHD kid, educate your child about ADHD also so they can be self-aware, more self-aware, and they learn it. It's gonna take a while. The more they understand how their brain works and how it's different, then they can explain it in proper language to other people, especially the teacher.
0: And this reminds me of something I think we've all been taught, which is to help your kids articulate their feelings. Mm -hmm. If they're overrun by emotion, Talking to them. What are you feeling? Are you angry? Are you sad? Are you frustrated? Let's talk about it. Let's identify it. Let's put words to it. And it's the exact same thing you're saying, but just not feelings, but with operating methods, you know, what do you need right now? How do you solve the problem you're facing right now? What's the next action you need to take? Where are you getting stuck? Mm -hmm. And giving them a language and a repertoire to describe that and have that self-awareness is again, I just, I feel like a broken record in saying it's life-changing, but it really (laughs) is. And you and I are proof of that ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I know we see that transformation on a daily basis. Andre, this has been such an amazing conversation. I- I'm gonna, my new mantra is now gonna be unique is awesome. I love (laughs) that you said that speaks to my heart. Thank you for helping to reinforce that for all of us today and to be so open about your journey and to give us some really great advice on how we can just be the best supporters of our kids and exactly who they are.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the best gift you can give a child is that they can feel comfortable with themselves from an early age and then they can conquer mm-hmm. and do anything they want because mm-hmm. they know they got the support and they can do the way they know is best.
0: Exactly. And really quickly, you have a podcast that you're starting. Can you tell us just a little bit more about that for folks that might be interested? Yeah,
1: it's called The Impulsive Thinker, which is uh, one of my best habits. And uh, with that, I need someone else in, involved to get my impulsive thinking activated. And we're targeting high-achieving ADHD entrepreneurs, and then it's a different format. I'm gonna have a bunch of shorts that's thinking, and then I got people I can interview, other ADHD entrepreneurs or people guest guest hosting and interviewing me to get the information that I've learned a lot over the last few years and get my systems and, and how people convert their ADHD symptoms into their strengths.
0: That sounds awesome. I cannot wait to listen. Yep, We will include all of the information about you and how folks can get in touch Thank with you, you on yep. our episode. Insider, if you are not already signed up to receive that, make sure you are. Go to MothersOfMisfits.com. You can sign up to receive that right there. It takes you, gosh, less than 30 seconds. But that's how you can get insider information about all of our amazing guests like Andre. And you're just doing awesome work. Keep it up. Thanks again for coming on.
1: I appreciate the opportunity. It's always a pleasure to chat, Emily. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We also invite you to visit us at MothersOfMisfits.com.